We know that primary health was a big winner in the federal budget with a raft of measures announced to make it easier and cheaper to see a doctor. Well, that's certainly the aim and the hope. The bulk billing incentive has been tripled for GPs with $3 billion injected into Medicare. The Palmerston GP Superclinic, Robin Carl, she is going to join us in just a moment's time to tell us how this break, uh, well, you know, how this uh, how this change, I should say, is going to make a difference. And joining me on the line right now, it is the Palmerston GP Superclinic's CEO, Robin Carl. Good morning, Robin. Good morning, Katie. Robin, what was your reaction to the federal budget announcement? Well, I think the first reaction was it's about time. There's been some increases to Medicare that were more realistic and more reflective of the actual cost of delivering services. So that initial announcement where the bulk billing benefits for those people that Medicare really is intended to assist, so kids and people on concession cards and low-income earners, that's fantastic. Uh, I think there's a few other things in there that sound okay on the surface, but until we see a little bit more detail, it's going to be a little harder to know just what impact it's going to have. Yeah, right. So obviously the uh, you know the headline was the fact that it's going to, to hopefully help a lot of Territorians and a lot of Aussies when it comes to bulk billing um, due to the to the changes. But what like, do you think that it actually will? Do you think it's going to sort of pass down that far or how do you reckon it's going to work? I think what, what we're going to see is those practices that historically have been bulk billing, young children, uh, pensioners, healthcare card holders, etc., who have over the past couple of years in particular found it increasingly difficult to be able to afford to do so. That tripling of the bulk billing incentive actually brings the amount of money that Medicare will support much closer to the actual cost of delivering that service. So I think particularly uh, families with lots of young children, so if you've got three kids and they're all sick and you take them to the doctor and you have to pay out of pocket, it's going to get very expensive. But it looks like now that benefit's going to be much closer to that 60 to $70 range that practices have been charging for those consultations. So if they're able to move back to bulk billing those those particular patients, that will be very good for the community. Yeah. Obviously, the biggest issue is access. We still have a chronic shortage of general practitioners across the country, but most particularly in regional and remote areas. So even getting that incentive, if you can't actually access a doctor, it's not going to be particularly helpful. Robin, where are we at from your perspective when it comes to that GP shortage here in the Northern Territory? I think we're still a long way from resolving the shortage. I think that there have been some major changes in the federal government's approach to classifying regional and remote communities over the past five to six years that have seen it much easier for those doctors historically that we've depended on. So overseas medical graduates, for example, have come to Australia, they've come on board knowing that they would have to serve some time in regional and remote areas but they changed what's called the MMR which is the remote classification uh, to areas on the east coast of Australia not that long ago so the MMR for somewhere like Liverpool which is not too far from Sydney is exactly the same as if you're in Palmerston so if I'm 
someone with a young family just moved to a country that I don't know and I have the choice between living a couple of hours out of Sydney mm. or a four and a half hour flight from Sydney, I'm probably going to do the couple yeah. of hour drive out of Sydney option. Seems crazy. So that, that makes it difficult. Yeah, yeah. it really I, does. I, I couldn't couldn't wrap my head around that one, except maybe there's a few more votes in it. Yeah, that's... <laughs> political party decided with that decision. That's a very good really, point. Yeah, we really have to look at why our graduate doctors aren't moving into general practice and why they're not interested in moving into the remote and regional areas. We're very yeah. fortunate. We have a great training program here in the Territory, but it's a long-term investment and we're only just in the last two to three years starting to see a return on that mm. investment. For example, we've got a couple of doctors who are working with us now, one who fellowed last year who was a medical student with us, who did her GP training with us and has stayed on with us. So the system works. It just takes Yeah. Robin, you and I have spoken before about local doctors moving away from bulk billing and slugging patients' fees because they could no longer sort of absorb those costs. Do you think that the changes that were announced in terms of Medicare and with the bulk billing, that it will see some of those revert back to bulk billing? I think it will see them revert back to bulk billing for those patients that bulk billing was designed to support. So the kids, the pensioners and healthcare card holders, and certainly our practice has always bulk billed those patients because that's what bulk billing is designed to support. Those people who are on lower incomes or who perhaps are struggling a little more with their health outcomes. So that makes that far more affordable for practice mm. to do that. They've also announced that there's going to be two increases to the Medicare rebates throughout the next six months, which is also great. We've got a lot of catching up to do in terms of making the Medicare rebate uh, more in line with the cost of delivering services. But any increase that we can get will actually make it far more palatable for practices who've had to move away from bulk billing everybody or those critical groups simply because it's just not viable for them. It'll make it a little easier for them to move back into particularly focusing on those high-risk, high-needs groups. Yeah. Now, Robin, I know a number of urgent care clinics were also announced federally. What can you tell us about those? And um, do you know who's going to be able to access them or who's going to be operating them at this point? Well, I can't tell you a huge amount because there's not a huge amount of information (laughs) around. And that's coming from someone who has actively been involved in discussing whether or not we can actually open one of the urgent care clinics within our service. The intent of it is that the government keeps using the word free. I think it's really important. There is no such thing as a free anything when it comes to health. There's always a cost attached. So we're really talking about services that are able to accept as full payment the Medicare rebate. And my best understanding of it is the intention is that it's for people who are, it's a truly urgent requirement. So it's not, I felt sick last night, I need a medical certificate today. Uh, I think I need uh, a check on my blood pressure, you know, because I'm overdue for those sorts of things. It's really about... My kid fell off his bike. I need him to be seen really quickly. Will he need an x-ray? What will we need to do? I've got a severe laceration. I need to get that uh, seen to those sorts of things. I'm suffering chest pain. I need to get an ECG. I need to know what's wrong with me. That's my understanding of what that's for. And the whole intent of it is to reduce the pressure on the public hospital emergency departments, Mm. which 
if you've got an area where the additional services are easily accessible, so for example, x-ray services and pathology services, and they can all work together, then that's great. But given the focus is on particularly extended hours, when a lot of those services actually don't work, I'm not entirely sure how government thinks it's going to reduce the pressure on the hospital emergency department. Mm. Because at the end of the day, especially here in the Territory, yep. if you want an X-ray after hours, if you want pathology tests done after hours, your only choice is to go to the hospital. Yeah. So perhaps there'll be a little better triaging. It may make the uh, attendance of the person at the hospital far more streamlined if all, all the initial work has already been done. And when they arrive at the hospital, it's just because they need an X-ray or it's just because they need and blood's taken and a pathology test done straight away. Uh, it's a little hard to see how it's going to help in the Northern Territory. There's already some services that do provide urgent access to care no matter what the time of day is. So it's great on the surface. It's when you dig into the detail, it's a little hard to understand how it's going to have the desired impact. Sounds like there's quite a bit of detail still to work through on those uh, those urgent so. care clinics. Oh, well, Robin Carl, it's always great to catch up with you. We really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much for having a chat with us and uh, talking a little bit no more problem. about those bulk billing incentives. Yeah, no Thank problem you. at all, Katie. Always a pleasure. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon.